Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. Welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an incredible guest. He is a husband, a dad, grandfather. He is a coach, a mentor, a trainer, network marketer, author, business builder, and an investor. So let's welcome my good friend, Jim Gilhouse. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm doing fantastic, Victor. Thank you for having me on today with you. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. Uh, it's great. It's great to have you here. It's definitely a privilege having you on, my friend, and um, love uh, meeting you for the first time live. So I'd just like to get started by asking you, uh, Jim, how did you get started in your entrepreneurial journey? Please share your story with us. Well, my my journey was a, a long time in the making, actually. It, it started with a uh, a trip to a board plan. I won't mention any company names. You know, when I was a very young man, I had just come back from Germany with a brand new wife. And my my stepdad and my mom invited me out to a board meeting. And I got to watch people draw circles on uh, on the board and tell me how easy it was. But I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, um, how much are they charging for all this stuff? And I, I'm, you know, the concept was a great concept, but everything that they were charging for at the time I could get at the PX at the, the post exchange in the military for significantly less than what the price was to buy it through the business. So it was one of those where I, I got the bug. I saw the, uh, the idea, but I never got involved with it. I just watched them struggle for years and years going to events and literally going broke buying tools and training and everything to improve upon themselves. But what I did learn from watching them was there had to be a better way out there. There was there was definitely merit and value in the concept that, as Jim Rohn once said, to make a living, invest in education, to make a life, invest in self-education. And that really was the start of, of my journey of trying to figure out the path to figuring out more about becoming a better person. Uh, and that was that was the bug, if you will. And that was probably circa 1981 timeframe when that first started. But I didn't really actually get started, Victor, until a year before I retired from active duty. That was my first real venture in a networking company. And the company that I chose to get involved with at the time, they had a service that I felt was very beneficial to literally anyone and everyone. And I, I, I took off and had, had very good success with it. What I realized very quickly, though, was I, I was too good at doing what I did to be duplicatable. And that taught me a valuable lesson about the power of a system. Because a system creates predictable, duplicatable results, whereas individuals are oftentimes un, unduplicatable. Yeah, I <clears throat> one of my one of my mentors in this industry and a very dear friend of mine, Mr. Tom Chenault, who's had the uh, home-based business radio show for years. Um, Tom has a platform 
where he, he exposes people to the world much the same way as what you're doing here. But it also makes it very difficult for the average person who doesn't have a tremendous following and for people who don't have that fame and notoriety, if you will, to create the same kind of predictable, duplicatable success. And while Tom's been very, very successful, he's with an excellent company in the industry, you know, there's, there's a lot of different opportunities that are in this space. And it's one of the things I truly love about this space, Hector, is because no matter what your personality, what your hobbies, what you're into, what really drives your why, there's an industry, there's a company that's here that you can plug into. And nowadays, unlike in, in years ago, you know, it, it, almost every company worth being a part of has a powerful system that everyone can plug into that in 20 minutes or less, you can, you can rank your exposures. And that's really the key to the business is becoming a master inviter. No, and I, and I totally agree. You have to become an, a master inviter. And things have changed so much um, uh, since the old days. Um, a lot of, you know, because back then you didn't have a lot of uh, tools available. A lot of times you had to have, for example, if you were now a marketer, you'd have to have the inventory sent to your house and you, you had a hope to sell it. Now it's like, it's just sent from the company. People order it, it's sent to them. You don't have to worry about keeping inventory. So things have changed a lot. And, and yeah. I liked what you, I like what you shared about duplication because that's, that's something a lot of people don't understand. You know, you might have the charisma, you might be able to talk to people and, and, and you know, be charming a way to get them to join, but not everyone is like that. And if you, is that, if that's the way you get a lot of people in, a lot of people are going to say, you know what? You know, Jim's good at it, you know, but I can't do it. I can't do what he does. So I'm not going to join because I can't do what he does. But if you have a system, as you mentioned, a system which everyone can follow that's duplicatable, that 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 is a different, that's a game changer. People say, well, I can follow the system. I just follow all the steps that are in there and I can have some success in this. I just have to do what they tell me to do. So and that's something that's very important. It's, it's not all the great things that happen, it's what duplicates. And if you, if you could teach the people you're trying to get in what duplicates and they see that they can do what you do, then they have hope that they can do it. They're more likely to join you. So, and, and I like what you said, um, the first company you joined, you know, there were some things, you know, I think you said it was expensive. There were some great things that a lot of people were struggling, but you, but it, it lit a, a bit of a fire. So there were good things that could be done. But, um, and I like what you said about Jim Rome. Investing in education can make a living, but if you really want to have a true life, you invest in self-education. It's also similar to what he also said. If you, you know, you want to make a living, work hard on your job, but you want to make a fortune, work hard on yourself. And I thought, I think Jim Rome was just one of the all-time great teachers. And you said it took you a while till, um, I think right before you retired from the military, that you didn't join your first company, but it was from there you learned the importance of duplication. So it, it, people have to understand it, it, it's not all, it's, it, I think one issue that a lot of people have is they think it's like, I have to be the most incredible person out there. I gotta do this, know all this. And that's what gets you into trouble. 
what you need to focus on is can you what is what you're doing duplicatable because when you're talking to someone you're teaching them how to duplicate if you're making things way too fancy and complicated they're going to say this is just way too much for me i cannot do it so the focus always has to be on the person you're talking to i think that's one problem that uh, a lot of people have <laughs> because they're focusing too much on what they need to do and, and not enough of what can they do for the process how they can help them how can they teach them how can they make them successful so i think they the focus needs to be other focus instead of self-focus would you agree that's part of the issue i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more in fact in the old days we were we were taught the acronym form and it, the the concept is is very simple engage your 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 prospect engage people you know, regardless of who they are whether it's a warm market or a cold market person engage them in a conversation around form which stands for family occupation recreation and money or the message depending on on which one you want to use that uh, that m for um i i changed that philosophy a number of years ago to ford and i changed the the m to a D for dreams. And you want to plug into people's dreams because unfortunately, Victor, I believe that the comfort zone is where our dreams go to die. And the vast majority of the people in this world, they live their life in the comfort zone. They don't bridge out into the fear zone, the learning zone and the growth zone. And consequently, they get stuck in a rut. And one of the fastest ways to tap into finding out what someone's why is and helping them to escape from their pain points in whatever their life circumstances are is to tap into their dreams, tap into what, what they wanted to do, where they wanted to go, who they wanted to be before they settled for whatever position that they're comfortable in. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, and, and I've learned form, family, occupation, recreation, and money or slash message. I like how you added uh, going from form to Ford and having D dreams because uh, one thing that you know, one of our friends, Dr. Doug Farber, talks about is you need to impact them. And when you talk about their dreams, you're impacting. A lot of times people just want to solely give as much information as possible, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you can impact if you get them to focus on their dreams, their desires, what they truly want out of life. And when you get them to focus on that, everything changes. So I, I like the fact you're uh, you're tapping into their dreams because it makes them. Again, a lot of times people have like had their dreams just like repressed because they were just so do what do this, do this. This is the way you're supposed to do, and they just say, oh, this is all I can do with my life. And so they've given up on their dreams, and it's kind of sad. They get stuck in a rut. They may be in a job for five, ten years, which they hate. But you said, like you said they get into a comfort zone. They get comfortable doing the things that they know what to do. They may not be happy in it, but they, but they know what to expect. And they're afraid of venturing out into something new, um, you know, a, a, something that could possibly change, like give them the kind of life that they truly deserve, but they're afraid. And the comfort zone, I agree, is one of the biggest killers of success. You, got, you shouldn't fear the unknown because that's where you can find the success. If you really want a better life, you have to try the things that are, that you've never tried before because here's the thing anything new is going to be uncomfortable but you know what after you've done it for a while you're going to get comfortable at it it's like when you start a new job the first couple of months you're uncomfortable but after a while you get comfortable with the new job so you just have to remember that anything new you're not going to be good when you get started but if you keep at it you keep learning you will get better at it so i think if people remember that 
they may, uh, may, may, they might want to venture a little bit out of the comfort zone. Would you agree? Absolutely. I, I'd even take that a step further to the standpoint that almost everything that any of us as human beings have ever done in our lives that has resulted in a great reward or a awakening or a truly you know, liberating learning experience started by doing something that was very uncomfortable. And I'll use some examples here in a second, but one of my favorite expressions as it relates to building this business is if you want to be successful, learn to become comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And some examples to how we, we steal our own drive and our own dreams as we grow. My grandchildren remind me of this all the time because my grandchildren, you know, every one of them, you know, they, they struggled with being able to sit up. They struggled with being able to crawl. They struggled with being able to walk you know, until it was easy. And everything in life, Victor, is difficult until it becomes easy. You know, it's, it's a profound truth that no matter what we attempt to do, you know, if it's something you truly want to be great at, the Olympics were just ended. And how many of these people that were standing on the podium or mere hundreds of seconds away from standing on the podium at the Olympics struggled and put in countless thousands of hours of training to excel and just for the opportunity to be there. And a lot of them, it was, it was a dream come true, the dream of a lifetime. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about this. It was the dream of a lifetime to just be there, to march in the opening games and everything. They didn't medal, but they had an opportunity to rub elbows with the elite and the greatest competitors in the world because they stretched their comfort zone by going into the fear zone, going into the learning zone, and ultimately getting into the growth zone. But all of those things take four basic, what I learned in, in high school football is the four Ds, a desire, dedication, discipline, and determination. You know, you, you know that it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take late hours. It's going to take rejection. It's going to take a will to go on in spite of what other people tell you if you really want to be successful at any endeavor in life. No, no, absolutely. And I think the, the point about the Olympics is well taken because those people, they spend many years, they're working, they're doing their practice six hours a day, five hours a day, whatever, six days a week, you know, 52 weeks a year. And they did it for many, many years because they desire to be on that stage. They're hoping to get that medal or at least make it to the Olympics. And, and, and it's very easy to say, man, this is too tough, I'm gonna to quit. But these people don't quit. Those, those athletes that made it there to the Olympics, they said, I want this really badly. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And they put in the time and the effort. They had to make sacrifice. I mean, you know, probably spending you know, time with their friends and their family doing various social activities they might like to do. But they know if they want to get to the Olympics, they need to make those sacrifices. It's a question you need to ask yourself, how badly do you want it? And it seems like some people, they are interested in success, but not really dedicated to success. They say, oh, it sounds like a nice thing to do, to have. But then we tell them all the things they need to do, the time and the effort, the consistency they need to have. 
they say, you know, it's not worth it. So that's when, and again, there, a lot of times they're in that comfort zone. So a lot of times you need to ask them, how do I really want it that badly? And, and if you're not willing to do it, you have to say, you probably don't want it that badly because those that really want it badly will find the time to do the things necessary to achieve that success. You know, I got to, I got to ask you a couple of questions. Um, How many of your guests that you've interviewed over the years have told you how often they were invited to quit by friends, family members, naysayers and everything else over, over the years that, you know, and, and the, the one thing that got them through was not listening to any of the haters and the naysayers and, you know, people who, oh, he can't work, won't work, doesn't work, you know, it won't work for you, it won't, it didn't work for me, it didn't work for so-and-so, and just because it didn't work for someone else, those aren't your limitations, those aren't my limitations, those are their limitations, and if you take, if you let someone else's limitations control your life, you're, you're never going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. And unfortunately, there are people who do allow that to happen. The, the limitation of other people's beliefs will stop them from trying to achieve the kind of lifestyle that they want. Because it's like you said, it's their limitations, not yours. And, and, and pretty much a lot of the people I've interviewed before, a lot of them have had that similar situation. They have friends and family. You know, maybe in the beginning they were struggling, you know, because you know, most people don't succeed in the first few weeks or first month. So it take, most of the time, it takes some time before you achieve some success. And they're having the naysayers, their friends and their family saying, well, you're still doing that? Why? Because they have this dream. They have this desire. And because they never gave up, they, they, they ignored the naysayers, the people who were trying to say, you know, don't bother with it. The, the people that, like, uh, what was it? Like those frogs in the jar that try to keep the, the frogs trying to jump out from getting out of the jar. That's, what, that's the same situation. Because a lot of times when you're trying to make yourself better, improve yourself, the people around you who are at the same level as you, they're seeing you trying to get better, improve yourself. And they know that to remain at the same level as you, they have to do one of two things. Number one, they either have to improve themselves and make themselves better, or they try to bring you down and keep you at their level. And for a lot of people, it's easier to try to keep you at their level. And that's what those frogs in the jar try to do. The frog that's trying to escape, they try to keep that frog from getting out of the jar and staying with them. So you, you have to be aware of that. There's some people who like who know they the only way they can keep you at the same level is to keep is to prevent you from improving yourself. So it's always be pay attention to what who are the people that are giving you that advice? Are those people that want your best interest, you know, or are those people that just want to keep you down? And I would say the other thing is look, the people you should be taking advice uh, from regarding success is have they achieved that success? Have they had a good lifestyle? And if they've achieved that kind of lifestyle you want, those are the people you should be listening to. If the people have never done it, you should try to avoid talking to those kind of people because they're not going to be able to tell you what to do. They're going to give you bad advice most of the time. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Could not agree more. You know, we, um, and, and you, you know that I've been involved with uh, since I retired from the business year uh, back in 2012. I, I went on an adventure, an epic adventure, uh, joined a motorcycle club, started a chapter here in Alabama. And over the past almost 10 years now, I've, I've had the privilege of being involved with a motorcycle club. And we've ridden, Annette and I have ridden all over the country. You know, I personally have put over 300,000 miles on the back of four different motorcycles over that time frame. What I discovered in that process, I did that because of basically five different reasons. I Number one, I wanted to do something that I can truly have fun with and enjoy. 
um, love riding bikes and you know it was an opportunity to to do something so have fun be a part of something bigger than myself help make a philanthropic impact in the community that you can't do by yourself help to pretend or prevent the 22 a day genocide that our veterans are facing on an ongoing basis and lastly to have fun because if, it, if fun isn't first and last you got to ask yourself why are you doing this why what is it you know, there's you you beat your head against the proverbial wall, you know, and and to to no avail, and you have to wonder, you know, what why am I doing this? But in that process, I had people come to me all the time wanting to become a part of the club, and I'd always ask them this question: Are you interested in being a part of the club, or are you committed to being a part of the club? Because being a part of the club is a lifestyle, and if you're only interested, you're only going to do this when it's convenient for you personally and or it benefits you personally. If you're committed, you're going to do it 24-7, 365, whether it's convenient for you or not. And that same mentality of whether you're interested or committed is something that carries over into our business. I would love to have the ability with, with new potential business builders to force them to be prospects like we do in the club before they can earn the right to actually become a distributor. Because in that prospect phase, you're gonna find out what they're made of. You're gonna find out if they're gonna show up when they're supposed to, if they're gonna do the things they say they're gonna do. Because Eric Worre once said that the, the people who don't show up on time, the people who constantly have the same lame excuse, oh, I'm too busy, they, they, they're not gonna do anything. They may be a customer for you. And customers are great, we all need customers but they're not gonna be a business builder for you. They're not gonna be a brand partner with you. And they're not gonna be someone who's truly worthy of the time that you need to invest in someone to help make them successful. I spent years coaching, you, you mentioned that earlier. Um, anything, a little league, wrestling, you name it. You know, I, I was involved in a lot of it. And one of the things that I discovered in coaching was you've got two kinds of athletes that show up and wanna be a part of your team. The ones that are there because their parents want them to be there, because they think it'll be a good leadership laboratory experience for them to be involved in a team sport. And then you've got the ones who truly want to be there themselves. And how you know the difference are the ones that want to be there themselves are practicing on their own time. They're honing their craft. They're honing their skills on their own time. They show up for practice hungry and ready to learn more. And the other ones their parents bring them to practice late, if at all. And then on game day, they show up and they ask you, hey, coach, why isn't my kid playing today? Well, maybe if you and your kid were spending a little bit of time honing their craft and you as the parent were investing the time necessary to get them to practice so that we could help make their skills better here on the practice field, maybe they deserve to be on the field more than what they are. Oh, absolutely. And you brought up interested versus committing when you talked about the motorcycle club you're a part of and it applies to everything we do in all, you know, in business. And those, and you know, a lot of prospects, they're interested, but they're not committed. The thing is, when you work in your business, are, are, there are going to be days we all experience like, you know, we don't feel like getting up. We don't feel like working. I just want to, I just don't want to do any work today. But you know what? You still got to push through it. You still got to do the work because if the work is not done, if you take off a week and not do any work, your business is going to suffer. So those that are successful, like the athletes, they put in the extra time, they put in the extra effort, they show up every single day. 
the, the most successful athletes, whether it's like in basketball, say Michael Jordan or LeBron James, those people, they're the ones they come in before everyone else and they stay after everyone else. They're taking those extra shots. They're taking those extra jumpers. They're practicing the extra free throws because they put in the extra time and effort. That's why they're getting the playing time. Like you said, those athletes who are only there because their parents brought them in there and they're not really doing much work. They're not doing that well. The ones that are spending that extra time doing the batting practice or taking the jump shots after everyone else is leaving, you know, putting in that extra time, they're the ones that are performing better. And guess what? They're going to get the playing time that those people who are not putting in the time and effort are not getting. So it really comes down to commitment. A lot of people just are not committed. If you really want to succeed, you need to be committed. There's a big difference between being interested and being committed. So I love the fact you brought that up. And would you also tackle uh, one thing that stops, I think you alluded to earlier is the fear. And it's, so, I guess, one reason why people get stuck in the comfort zones. A lot of people are afraid. They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of judgment of other people. So you might talk a little bit about the fear that stops a lot of people from succeeding and what you recommend people do to overcome that fear from stopping them. Well, the, the, you're, you're absolutely right. There's there's a handful of things that, that people are you know, naturally afraid of. They're, they're afraid of falling. Fear of falling is, is probably the, 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 the single greatest fear aside from dying that exists. Next to that is the fear of public speaking in adults. Um, we are all born fearless. And as children, you don't need to go any further than, than your local Walmart or grocery store or anything else and see a toddler you know, standing in line with mom. Mom, I want a cookie. 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 She's like, no, shut up. No, no, shut up. Yeah, and you know, this goes on and goes on and goes on. But the child is relentless. And somewhere between kindergarten, coming up through grade school, and by the time we become an adult, we've heard no so many times in our life that we don't want to hear no. We become, we become obsessed with the idea that no is a bad thing. On my bookshelf here, I've got a book. Oh, let me find it here, right here above the desk. I've got this little bitty book that is powerful and it's titled Go for No. Well, I thought I did. Um, <laughs> um, I know it's there somewhere, maybe on the shelf behind you now that I think about it, but it's a really good, it's a, it's a really good book. Go it's a great little book and it's a very quick read, you know, but ultimately the fear, fear will paralyze people. And one of the things that yeah, people ask me all the time because of my motorcycle riding and, and the club and everything, I've had I've had wrecks. I've had you know, some horrific wrecks. And what I've what I've learned over the years, I started out riding dirt bikes when I was just a kid and I've ridden bulls. I've done, you know, I mean, you name it. I've done all kinds of crazy things, flown helicopters. I've had helicopter engines blow up on me in flight and have gone down in a ball of flames and been lucky enough to walk away from it. You know, I've, I've had some perilling experiences. And oftentimes people ask me, you know, how can you ride a motorcycle? That's so dangerous. Yeah, how could you fly a helicopter? That's so dangerous. You know what? It, people like to use the expression YOLO. I don't like that expression because we only die once, but you have to live every day or you're just taking up space. If, you're, if we're not living life on the edge, we're just taking up space. And ultimately, Victor, I believe with all of my, every fiber in my being that we have two choices in life. 
we can either live life to its fullest or we can allow ourselves to be controlled by fear. And I don't want to do this, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. Um, yeah. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole and I don't, if, if this offends some of your, your viewers or guests, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize in advance, but the, this whole pandemic has truly been a eye-opening experience because I don't believe that this pandemic is about medicine at all. I believe it's about control. And a, a society that can be controlled is much easier to manipulate than one who is fearless. And we, we live in a time where there are so many things that we need to stop being afraid of. Yeah, I was privileged. I was so lucky, Victor. I grew up in a generation where in, in, in my early childhood, we didn't have seatbelts in cars. Yeah, I didn't wear a bicycle helmet. You know, we, we went out and, and we had the luxury of being able to go out and play in, in, in open lots and, and you know, do all kinds of things. And you know, we knew it was time to come home when the streetlights came on. Yeah, and that, I think it developed a much more fearless attitude in the boomer generation than what exists now in some of the younger generations. Because slowly and methodically, the younger generations have had more and more control forced upon them that is it's crippling yeah i i believe that you you can you have two choices with with being a parent or a teacher or a mentor with people you can either empower them by allowing them to make decisions or you can enable them by making those decisions for them as a as a young military leader i was taught that my job as an nco a non-commissioned officer before i became an officer was to solve problems. And when I had young soldiers come to me with a problem, I'd usually tell them, you got two choices. You can come to me with a problem and a proposed solution, or I'm gonna give you a solution and you probably won't like mine. If you come to me with a proposed solution, I may not agree with it, but I'm gonna let you run with it because I know you're gonna learn from that process. And ultimately, this goes to the premise in life that. We all win or we learn at everything we do in life. The only way to truly lose, Victor, is if we quit and we stop trying. And trying in and of itself is giving yourself permission to fail before you start on something. That's why Yoda's quote, do or do not, do not try, is one of my all-time favorites of anything that I had ever experienced, man. Now, there's a lot there to uh, go over and a lot of great stuff here. Uh, yeah, I get fear stops a lot of people. You talked about the fear of falling. We're actually only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear is learned. So when you think about that, if these fears can be learned, guess what? We can also unlearn them. It might take some time, but we can unlearn all these fears. And when you look at your experiences, Jim, I know I look at my experience. I'm sure you, you look at yours. The things that we feared, the vast majority of them never came to pass. They never happened. So we were worrying about things that never existed, which is why I think one of the acronyms you will see for fear is false evidence appearing, uh, appearing real, because most of these things are not real. It's just our imagination. So we got to realize, we got to stop letting the fear get to us. And, and a lot of times we talk fears from our parents, from other people, the government, 
And sometimes these fears, like, you know, they, they may mean well sometimes, sometimes they don't. They want, like, as you mentioned, you know, the pandemic. Uh, but here's the thing. Sometimes when you're trying to protect your kids too much, you're doing them a disservice because they don't learn to take chances. They don't learn how to take risks. And that will stop them from doing the things they need to do to become successful. You look at a bird, a mother bird will, will push her kids to start flying. Is she a bad, it's because she's a bad mother? No, she knows that if she doesn't, the kids are never gonna learn how to fly. So the mother bird pushes the children birds to, to start flying because that's the only way they're gonna learn how to fly. And that's something the parents need to do with their kids. Sometimes you have to push them into doing some things that are uncomfortable, but it's for their benefit. And if you if you try to just protect them from doing everything, guess what? One day you're not going to be around. You're going to be you know to pass on. You're going to be dead. And what are these kids going to be able to? They've never learned how to handle adversity. They've never learned how to pe have people say no to them, reject them. They got to learn to take some chances. So. Uh, a lot of times parents, sometimes they spoil their kids and, and they're doing it with the service. You have to teach them to take chance, realize there's adversity out there. But when you overcome the adversity, you become a much stronger person. So let them take those chances. And, and I agree, there's some uh, bad forces out there that are trying to control people and stop them from doing things. And you can't let fear get the best of you. You need to take some of these chances, do the things that are, that are for your best interest whether it's health or your wellness or your success, you can't be afraid to take chance. Now, sometimes you gotta, you know, you evaluate the risk. Sometimes you wanna do stupid things that might, you know, cause you to get killed. But in general, you need to take some risk, but you take intelligent risks. That's what successful people do. They don't just take any kind of risk. Successful people take intelligent risks. They, they evaluate what it is and they say, you know what, it's worth doing the best. I'm gonna take a chance on this. And what you said about try, yeah. Trying sets a, uh, a message to your subconscious mind saying, you expect to fail. So I'm going to try this for a month. It doesn't work. I'm going to give up. You're already telling your subconscious, I don't expect it to work. And I know one of my mentors said, his mom used to see, his mom would tell him, you know, I'd go clean your room. He says, I'm going to try to clean, my, I'm going to try to clean the room. And she says, you're not going to try. You're going to clean that room. She said, triers are liars. And there's truth to that. Because people who try. Sure. I've yeah. never, I mean, there's a lot I've of truth in that. I've never met a successful seven-figure earner who tried to become successful. The person was dedicated. That person was committed. He says, I'm going to do the things necessary. He never said, or she said, I'm going to try. He said, I'm going to do it. So get rid of the word try. Uh, another acronym for try is to resist. Yes. So if you want to succeed, get rid of the word try out of your vocabulary. And, you know, and Yoda was right about that. So it's, um, uh, and again, I, and I think you bring up a good point with that is, you got to watch the words that you say to yourself, because like you said, most of us growing up, we heard the word no far more often than we heard the word yes. So we're afraid of people telling us no, of people rejecting us, and you got to get that out of the way. So you, a lot of our self-talk is very negative. If you really pay attention to the things you're saying to yourself, it's bombarding your subconscious mind with very negative messages, and that's going to really harm your success. So uh, one book I've read, uh, "What to Say When You What to Say When You Talk to Yourself" by Dr. Shad Helmstetter was was a game changer for me because it really made me realize the importance of what I say to myself. Because a lot of times I was saying some very negative stuff to myself, and it was hurting my personal development. So I think we should really pay attention to our self talk because we, if, 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 most of us don't pay attention to it and realize we're doing a lot of damage. So focus on saying positive, strong. Um, you know, messages to yourself every single day. Would you agree? I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. The, the, your thoughts are what empower 
your decisions and you have to be very, very careful. We talk about, you know, the, the value of uh, self-education. A lot of people consider the network marketing profession to be a, uh, an education program with a compensation plan attached to it. And there's a lot of truth in that because precious few people who ever come into this industry ever get the people they want to be a part of their business until they learn to become the person who they want in their business. And that, that doesn't happen overnight. I don't care what your skill set is. I don't care. You, know, you, you mentioned this earlier, Victor, about how when, when people start a new job, they, number one, they bought into the 40 cubed myth, you know, go to school, get a good education, you know, find a nice, safe, secure job with benefits, you know, work 40 hours a year life for 40 years of your life to retire on 40% of the income you were working on when you were working. But when they first start that job, that nice, safe, secure job with benefits, they, they don't know what they're doing. It's all OJT. Because very few people ever get hired on in a career field that is exactly what they trained in unless they grew up in the trades and they went through an apprentice, journeyman, master craftsman learning process. I wish we had the same thing in, in every facet of business whereby someone would come in as an apprentice. They'd learn to become a journeyman and go on to be a master craftsman. Because in that process, it all revolves around one super important premise, which is learning to submit your ego and be teachable by someone before you can ever achieve anything of significant value, Victor. No, no, absolutely. And you know, I like the idea of the apprentice. It'd be nice to do something like that. And, and, and yeah, get the ego out of the way. I, I remember Rayel Andrews was saying, ego stands for edge got out. And uh, we get the, our ego gets in the way, it causes all kinds of problems. And something you mentioned before, like you only lose if you quit. Uh, we're gonna have issues, we're gonna have problems. You brought up your grandchildren learning how to walk. Uh, babies learn how to walk. They never give up. They keep learning, they keep trying, they keep trying. And guess what? Eventually they learn how to walk. They don't say, you know what? I've been trying for the last half hour. I still don't know how to walk. I'm just going to give up. Babies don't do that. But something oh. changes as we're growing because of the messages we get from our parents, the teachers, and society. So, so like you said, we were born pretty much fearless, but something changed. So failure, you can learn from your failures. Everyone that has succeeded has had certain failures, but they never gave up. They learned from this. They said, how can I do this better? How can I tweak this? How can I prove us? Okay, this is what I did wrong. This is what I need to do to make it better. Uh, Thomas Edison said, I did not fail 10,000 times. I found 9,999 ways of how not to invent the light bulb. And he kept on and he eventually succeeded. And uh, so people have to remember that. Don't let that get the best of you. Uh, it's, it's most people who succeed did not happen overnight. That these overnight stories, people often only see the glory, but they didn't see the months and the years of struggle that most of us had. They realized, man, we went through a lot of our times. Uh, Many of us have very sense saying, you know, why bother? I should just quit. And and some people have given up three feet from the goal, like and think and grow rich. And if they just persevere a little bit longer, they could have had great success. And because they gave up too quickly, they said, Oh, it doesn't work, it's a scam. 
But those did not give up, realized it wasn't a scam because they had great success because they didn't give up three feet from the goal. So never quit. You know, you, you mentioned something that is is very near and dear to my heart because of, you know, one of the things that I had mentioned to you as far as the five reasons why I got involved in the motorcycle club is the 22 a day genocide that our veterans are facing because they're mm-hmm. being forgotten. They feel helpless and hopeless and everything. And they wind up killing themselves. Um, ultimately, what they're doing, and there's going to be a lot of people who are upset with me for what I'm about to say, but it's, it's the truth. They're quitting. They're quitting and they're taking the coward's way out because they don't feel like anyone is listening. They don't feel like anyone cares. And it's easier to just quit than it is to face the demons and do what what can sometimes be viewed as impossible. But we all learned at a young age at least I did, uh, the, and it is carried over to network marketing. It's carried over to my military life. It's carried over to literally every aspect of my life. How do you ever conquer an insurmountable task? How do you how do you eat an elephant as the as the adage goes? You know, one bite at a time. You break it down and you go through it one bite at a time. One of the one of the advantages of having a close group of people is when when someone says, you know, I'm, I've got demons. Well, we've all got demons. My father used to say, you know, if, if the demons living in my head didn't need my body for transportation, they'd have killed me a long time ago. But I like to tell people when the demons come for you in the dark of the night, brother, call me, call on me. We'll fight them together. And that's what it really comes down to in terms of it, our business This is why I believe, Victor, it's so terribly important for people to stay plugged into their upline, to stay plugged into the movers and shakers in their organization. Let me use a metaphor, an an analogy for you, if I may. Um, It's a cold world out there. And if we come into our camp and we huddle around the campfire and we stay around a bunch of tribe members, then there's security in the tribe. There's education in the tribe. There's warmth in the tribe. Because if you don't stay warm and you don't stay close to the campfire, you can freeze to death out there in the real world. Because it is a cold, hard, cruel world out there if you are not prepared and surrounded by a good tribe. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. It's uh, the people you surround yourself with. You got to be. You can't do this on your own. You can't succeed on your own. You need uh, you need masterminds. You need mentors. You need your upline. You need movers and the shakers in your organization, as you said. Too many people try to do it all on their own, and they, then they struggle. But you have these people around you. Yeah, like you said, there's comfort, there's security in there. There's education. You learn from these people, and if you hang around them, you're on Zoom calls, you meet them in person. There's an energy you get feeding off of these people as well. And it, 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 it's, you, we all need community. We're social beings. And, and we need to be around these people to help us succeed. And, and, and I think that's one reason why a lot of people give up. They think, like you said, you mentioned the point too. They think no one cares. I think sometimes people realize there are people that care. And you got to find your way around it. It's, you've got to find the people that care not give up and don't fit on yourself. And I think people realize that. A lot of people are feel lonely. They're not lonely. They just don't know who to turn to. I think if they did turn to those people, things would be different. Like so, in, in the companies, 
find the people that are going to hopefully it's your upline or maybe your upline's upline. There are people out there that are willing to help you. Don't try to do this um, on let your me, own. Go ahead. Let me have, let me let me add something to what you just said, if I may. Sure. Um, there's a lot of people when they first get started in the business, they come in and in the first company, a lot of times, you know, you're, the company finds you. You don't find the company. And what I mean by that is you go to a meeting with a friend, family, relative or something uh, about something that they're excited in and you get involved in it, but it really wasn't something that you were that passionate about or what you found was that there was nobody there to be a leader mentor for you because you, the, the person who brought you in wasn't necessarily that leader or mentor that you could relate to and plug into. And that's what leads a lot of people to go and, and search of a different company or, or other things. Mm -hmm. And when they find something that they're truly passionate about and they plug into it, one of the things that I always encourage people to, to do is seek out an upline mentor. And that mentor may or may not be your sponsor. You know, we're, we're, I believe we're truly blessed if we're lucky enough in this life to have our sponsor be our mentor. But more often than not, Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you've done a lot of these interviews, but there's a lot of people who they plugged into a company and they were like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I, I like this. I'm going to do this. And you know, I don't care whether my sponsor quits or not, I'm going to do this. And they either A, find a sponsor that's you know somewhere in their organization above them, or they become that sponsor and that mentor by way of getting into Zig Ziglar and um, the great uh, John Maxwell, who, who one of my favorite quotes of John Maxwell is, nobody cares what you know until they realize that you care or they know that you care. Because if you don't care about people, this is not the profession for you. If the only reason you're here is to make money, this is not the profession for you. It, because to truly become successful in this business, You've got to want to help people. You've got to believe that what you have to offer is a gift. It's, it's like finding buried treasure on a, on a, you know, in, 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 a, in a mountain somewhere or on a desert island somewhere. That's more than you could possibly carry away in your lifetime. And you're looking for people who want to help you uncover that treasure. Even though there's work involved, they're willing to help you uncover that treasure so that they can participate and have some of it too, and possibly share with people they know. Yeah, and uh, starting out with the upline, uh, a lot of times uh, talking to all kinds of people, they will find that the, a lot of the, the, I'm talking about the successful, the people that are underneath them that were successful, it's, a lot of times it's not the people directly underneath them, but through process of tapering and keep in touch with the people further down, the, down, further down in the downline, they're like three or four levels down and those people are very successful because they kept in touch. That person four legs down kept in touch with the upline further up because his upline quit and that person's upline quit. So they kept in touch and, and, and that, that person four levels higher up was serving as the mentor and the guy for that person. That happens all the time because you just never know. The person that bring, might bring you in sometimes just quit. So someone above them will become your mentor, your upline guide. And that happens all the time. So it, 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 it's, it's incredible. And, and, I, and, I've, and I, it, it's happened with pretty much everyone I've talked to in this industry. They said they've had very successful people, four or five legs down, several people quit, 
And then they wound up mentoring them and these people became very successful people in the organization. It definitely happens um, all the time. So it's, uh, you know, I, th it, I think it's a, a great point you brought up there and people have to realize that it's this. And like you said, this industry won't, you can make some money short term by not caring about people, but long term, if you really want to be successful, you cannot be successful unless you have other people succeed. If because people are not stupid, they they can sense if you you only care about recruiting, you only care about trying to make some money off of them, then they're gonna stick around. They're gonna leave after a while. But if they sense that you really care about them, you want you care about their life, their desires, you really want to make their help them achieve their dreams, then much more likely to stick in it for the long haul. And here's a, here's another thing about this issue. A lot of people don't realize this. If I bring you in under me, you can make more money than I do. You can't do that at your job. You can't make more no. money than your boss. But in this industry, someone can bring you in and you can make more money than they do. And I think that's the beauty of this industry. Why? Because the more people you have succeed, the more money you're going to make. So you brought up Zig Ziglar. Yeah, you can get everything that you want by helping enough people get what they want. And that's the beauty of this. Focus on helping them succeed and help them bring people, build their team underneath and help those people underneath them build the teams underneath. The further down you help build, the more success you're gonna have. So, but it only happens as you mentioned, Jim, by helping people up, helping them succeed. That's the only way you can have long-term success in this industry. And every person that I've met that I've interviewed, they all said the exact same thing. When I changed my focus from myself and just trying to get people to join me to focusing how I can impact other people's lives, how can I help them improve themselves, how I can help them succeed, that's when everything changed because I focus on transforming them instead of seeing them as a number or as a transaction. That's where everything changes. I think one of the, my, my favorite quotes that relate to that is you know, becoming a leader with a servant's heart. Because you know, there's, there's basically, there's, there's two fundamental different leadership styles. You've got an autocrat, which is a dictator and you know, someone that's you know, do as I say or else. And then you've got you know, an influencer who, who, the true measure of leadership as John Maxwell likes to say, is influence and nothing more. Because if you can't influence people to do things voluntarily because they want to, you're not a leader. You know, there's, there's the famous John Quincy Adams quote that you, you've probably heard, but I'll share it with you, you know, real quick, just, uh, just in case. It says, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, and to do more, then you are a leader. And that, that is one that you know, people profess to be leaders. And I don't remember who said this, but I love this. this. It might've been Jim Rohn. But if you're claiming to be a leader and no one is following you, you, my friend, are just out for a walk. Very true. You're just out for a walk. Yeah. And I think, and John Maxwell is probably the ultimate authority on leadership. And I think sometimes people confuse leadership with management and it's totally different things. Management oh, yeah. just helps people to do. Influence is it, it, getting people to want to do it and having a desire to do it. Influence them to want to do it. This is a big difference between the two. And I'm glad you brought up that point. And that's well, what getting a classic, Let me, let me ahead, caveat what you just said, if I may. There's a classic example of, of that based on almost any boardroom that you walk into, you've got positional managers, and then you've got leaders in every organization, whether it's the military or corporate business. If we're sitting at a, a, uh, a corporate board meeting table, 
and somebody runs in and says, the building's on fire. And the positional leader stands up and says, follow me. And everybody looks at somebody else at the table to see what they're going to do. The person who said, follow me, is not the leader in the room. The person who everybody turned and looked at is the true leader in the room. One is merely a positional manager with a title. And titles don't make you anything in life. How, what, what is the true measure of anyone is how they treat other people and the level of respect that people have for them. I don't care what your title is. You know, when you got to run around saying, you know, don't you dare disrespect me. You know, you're probably not really a leader. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's solely based on, because I'm the manager, you do what I tell you. That's not what it is. If people respect you and they want to do what they tell you, like you said, it's the people that look, who they're looking at in that room, that's the person who's the real leader. So that's definitely some uh, great example you shared there. Now, as we're coming toward the close of our interview, are there any last minute, uh, last um, uh, bits of wisdom you want to share with the audience about being successful, what they need to do? What recommendation would you give to our audience? Show up. Showing up is 90% of, of victory. You know, show up for practice. Show up for your meetings. Show up on a consistent basis. Consistency is, is the, the single biggest element of commitment. Because as, as Jeff Olson once said in his book, The Slight Edge, the definition of commitment is doing the thing you said you were gonna do long after the mood you set it in has passed. Because if this was easy, everyone would be doing it and people would be standing in line waiting for a seat at the table for the opportunity to do it. But because it requires work, because it requires learning to get comfortable in uncomfortable situations and getting outside of your comfort zone, living outside your comfort zone, most people are unwilling to do that for a prolonged period of time. And it's sad because the sky is the limit with this profession, because unlike the pyramid structure of every business that exists in the world, where you've got one CEO at the top, a bunch of junior vice president or senior vice presidents, junior vice presidents, regional managers, district managers, all the way down to the, the person pushing shopping carts in the par parking lot. In that pyramid structure, the only way for a person to get advanced is to, for the person ahead of them to die, quit, retire, get fired, or get promoted either internally or externally, whereby creating a vacancy for them to move up in that structure. The real gift that we have to offer people with this profession is the fact that however hard, however committed, however driven you are, the sky is truly the limit because all it revolves around is becoming a master inviter. Some will, some won't. So what next? Exactly. Yeah. The sky's the limit for everyone. It doesn't matter your background, where you come from, what you've gone through. Uh, the only thing that can stop you in this industry is yourself. It's so if you're willing to put in the time and effort, be the master inviter, everything is possible. So I like to show up and be consistent and you could be successful in this industry. Listen, Jim, I thank you so much for being on. It's been such a great privilege and honor having you on this show. I had a great time talking to you. And Jim, before I let you go, 
If people want to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Um, it, call me or text me. I'm old fashioned in that respect. You know, I, I have got so many email accounts. It's not even funny. And most of them are, they're, 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 they're overwhelmed and I'm, I'm terrible about responding to them. But if you really want to get in touch with me, you, you call me or you text me. And the number is the same for both of them. 334-475-0877. Awesome. Again, thanks again so much, Jim, for being on the show. I had a great time. I was so great seeing you and talking to you. Have yourself an amazing day, my friend. Thank you, Victor. It's a pleasure to be here. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.